David uh, bailed me out because he actually, with his smartphone, found the recording of the sermon that I preached last year. So I listened to it a little bit. I got here early, <laughs> and it was different, and that's good. If, if it hadn't been the same, I was going to preach. I do have one sermon that I can preach from memory. <laughs> I was going to just preach that because I don't want to do that to you. I don't want to preach the same thing. Somebody said, well, I wouldn't remember anyway. Well, the problem is you might remember the illustrations or the jokes if I have any because that's something we tend to re- remember sometimes too. But that passage last year was from uh, Colossians chapter 4. I bring you uh, greetings uh, from Christian Village Communities, uh, Christian Benevolent Association, Mason and Mount Healthy. Um, I think I've invited you before, but if you ever come down our way sometime and would like to take a tour or have lunch uh, in one of our communities, um, I know Joyce knows how to get a hold of me. Let her know and she, she'll give you my number and call me and I'll, I'll meet you there and uh, take you on a tour or show you around. I know you're a little closer probably to Worthington Christian Village up, up uh, Columbus Way maybe. Um, I know Randy Richardson real well. He's uh, the uh, director there at Worthington Christian Village. In fact, I saw him at ICOM, uh, the International Convention on Missions in Cincinnati here just uh, a, week, a week or so ago. And he has in his display for the village, I love dark chocolate, right? Because I always say, you know, I heard somebody say one time it was good for your heart. So I eat lots of hot chocolate, I mean dark chocolate. Uh, But he has the best dark chocolate at his display. So I kept walking over there from our display over to his and grabbing some. And I'm trying to get out of him where he got it. Because I've never seen one quite like that. I could not get him to tell me his source for that dark chocolate. So anyway... If anybody knows Randy Richardson, tell him I'm still after him for that. Um, oh, I'm going to tell you one more story, and then I'm going to preach. Um, like I said, I'm traveling and doing uh, lots of different things now that I'm not a located preacher, able to get around a lot. But I did get called back to the congregation, which I just had served um, before starting uh, my ministry as director of church relations for the villages. Um, and it was for a man who had been an elder at Glen Estee Church of Christ where I had preached while I was uh, preaching there and serving there. And the family asked that I would come back. I met with the family the day before the funeral, which was uh, Tuesday, this past Tuesday. The funeral was on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Always a hard time, isn't it? Uh, it's always hard when we say goodbye to our loved ones, but I don't know, it seems extra hard when close to the holidays or special family times like that. But I had a great time with this family. There were eight children. They told me stories about Phil that I didn't know. I always enjoyed working with him as an elder there at the church. Um, But I I learned a lot about him just sitting with the family around the table. Eight children. And one thing they said was that whenever they would have their Thanksgiving meal or at Christmas time, He always wanted the children to count off, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So at the funeral, I thought, I'm going to do something a little different. I told the family this. I don't think I've ever done anything like this before, but I learned about your dad and and, uh, how he liked to have you all count off. So you know how you read uh, through the obituary and it starts listing the children. I just had them. I would give the first name of the child and they'd say number one, number two, you know, they counted off. 
So the other thing I learned at the meeting was how, what a great sense of humor he had. So I go on down then, I bring my eyes back down to the, I should have enlarged the print on the obituary, but I come back down to the obituary and I kind of skipped the uh, head of line and I, I read predeceased by. And I read one of his sister's names. And she was sitting in the second row and she said, I'm here. <laughs> How embarrassing, you know. But you never heard such a laugh. And afterward, after apologizing profusely to the sister, um, after the service and everything, a lot of the family members came up and they said, you know what, I know you've made a mistake and I know you were embarrassed, but that was perfect. Dad loved to laugh. And he would have gotten a big kick out of this. And I think his sister's okay too. (laughs) So uh, anyway... It's, uh, it's, it's interesting the experiences that, that you have. Luke chapter 10 is our text this morning. Turn in your Bibles. Luke chapter 10, I'm going to be re- begin reading at verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to the end of the chapter. Luke 10, 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village... And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Shall we pray? Lord, I thank you for your word that we can freely read and study and know how we ought to live. Father, many times we are worried about things and stressed out about things that We need to take a step back and and just worship you. Listen to what you have to say to us through your word. And Father, that we might know that when we worship you as we have done this morning in song, praises, giving of tithes and offerings, and partaking of the Lord's Supper, and now opening the word, that we are being fed and that we are being strengthened spiritually to fight the battles that we face in this world and, and the difficulties and the stresses. And Lord, you truly do bring a peace that passeth all understanding. We thank you for that and praise you for that. And this past week, it was just so great to be able to gather with family and friends and, and, and share and great food and, and times of fellowship. Father, again, may we always keep our focus on you throughout this season because... You are always, Lord, in our hearts, and and we know that day by day in our lives, no matter what the season of the year, that we are truly always grateful. So, Father, just be with us now as we consider this passage today and and how we're doing in in serving and in praising of your most holy name. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. A little boy and a girl were singing some of their favorite Christmas songs. And uh, the, the boy, in his excitement, was obviously had heard the words a little bit wrong because 
He was concluding Silent Night with the words, Sleep in heavenly beans. And the little sister says, What? Beans? It's not beans, it's peas. Sleep. <laughs> so, um, the way many of us feel at times, uh, are we ready for Christmas? You know, having a great uh, Thanksgiving. I'm always ready. I, I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm older and so traditional that I like to do Thanksgiving. Okay, let's do Thanksgiving. And now that we've done Thanksgiving, okay, now I'm ready, you know. I always hate it when they ha- just rush everything on us and skip one season uh, after another. And unfortunately, our culture seems to, uh, to, you know, sometimes really have a blowout for Halloween, but you don't hear much about Thanksgiving. And then now you hear about the holiday tree and, and the holidays, you know, instead of, you don't. Know, Some people don't want to use Christmas for some reason. I do. (laughs) Merry Christmas. I have no problem with saying that. Um, I am actually offended that I'm supposed to not say that sometimes, you know. And people uh, say that they're offended if we do. So, but I'm ready now, you know. But there's a a bunch of things that kind of get us in a situation um, like Martha. We get caught up in all the busyness of the season and don't stop and take time like Mary did to listen to Jesus and what he has to say. Now, I'm going to read a long list here now and you, I'll be wore out when I get done. Maybe you will be too if you think about all these things right now. Shopping for gifts. Here's some of the things that probably lead us to a lot of stress. Shopping for gifts, getting to the necessary, getting uh, holiday parties, putting up the decorations, cooking a meal, wrapping the gifts, making enough cookies and bread to give away, buying a tree, fighting the traffic, having enough money to buy the gifts. Uh, If married, figuring out when to celebrate at both sets of parents without offending the other. Um, All the stores are out of the gift that you're looking for. Three frightening words, some assembly required. That get anybody else like it does me? Um, I've always been the type when I pull those things out, I try to put them together, right? And I mess up, and then I finally pull out the instructions. You know, part A goes with part B, and all that kind of things. If I could just learn, duh, you know, to pull out the instructions first, but. Uh, Having the right clothes for uh, social occasions, gaining weight, Christmas programs for the kids at school, church, uh, untangling the strands of lights, sending out Christmas cards, hearing grandma got run over by the reindeer for the 150th time, cleaning the house, uh, forgetting someone for whom we should have purchased a gift, feeling the pressure to make a memory, knowing the year is coming to a close, you didn't accomplish what you intended to, facing relatives you don't get along with, all of your work is due uh, on a rapidly approaching December 25th deadline, knowing uh, that maybe you'll spend Christmas alone, three often overlooked words, uh, batteries not included, being a part of a family that celebrates separately because of a divorce, Christmas lights that won't work, arranging traveling schedules, missing loved ones who have passed away, paying off the credit card debts, uh, weeding through the crowded stores, members of your family who find where you hid their presence. <laughs> and that's just a few things, okay? 
I'm sure you have other things that can add to the stress. We compile this list or think about these things. It's easy to see how we could get stressed out. You know, uh, uh, when we read Luke 10, 38 uh, through 42, as we did, we notice these two sisters and kind of two different approaches. So my theme for this message today is that we need to have a balance in this of serving and praise. And we need to have some of both and, and mix it, I think, often. And don't get so stressed in the serving and the rush that we forget to take time for the praise and the worship. Now, for example, you know, this past Friday was called uh, Black Friday. Yesterday was called Small Business Saturday. Tomorrow is called Cyber Monday. Whoops, what did they skip over? (laughs) I think Sunday, every first day of the week during the year, is go to church Sunday, right? (laughs) Be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day to worship Him, to be around His table. Um, We have this opportunity to come and to praise. Martha said, what, what is stress? Martha said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? And in essence, she's saying, tell her I need help. I'm stressed over this situation. I think Martha was experiencing stress, trying to get everything ready. After all, Jesus was in her house. Doesn't anyone care how busy I am, she thinks. And she comes in the room with, uh, you know, the, the dessert or whatever. Oh, Mary, dear sister, there you are. Don't bother getting up. And Jesus, I wish I could stay and chat like some people, but you'll uh, all be wanting freshly crushed grape juice soon, so I guess I'll just go back to the kitchen where I am working alone. (laughs) Stress is your body's alarm system, isn't it? You all probably know the uh, uh, um, acoustic of, of sad You know, stress leads to anxiety. Anxiety leads to depression. And sometimes we don't have a good outlet for our stress. My granddaughter, uh, Lily is her name, 10 years of age. And my daughter-in-law, this past Thursday, after we're done, we're all getting ready to disperse from the family gathering, she came up with an idea. She said, hey, let's try something different this year. Let's uh, all draw names from the hat and we'll buy... Um, whoever we draw a gift, but we want to keep it secret. And then when we come together Christmas, we'll have those gifts there. You pick up your gift. And, and the fun is, she said, we'll try to guess which family member got whatever the item is for us. So my little granddaughter, 10 years old, Lily, she starts, you could see her face. She was thinking, she goes, I don't want to play this game and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Well, I've come to find out. What she was thinking was, that was the only gift she was going to get. And because she was used to getting something from grandma, something from granddad, something from uncle Alan, you know, something from the different family members. So she had a lot of gifts. And she thought this game was going to take the place of that. Finally, we convinced her, no, no, Lily, it's not that. You know, this is just something extra. This will be another gift that you, that you will get. Then she, then she was okay. 
But she was kind of stressed out there for a minute, um, thinking that 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 was going to be it. You know, sometimes stress can be good. No one can live without experiencing some degree of stress. And uh, it it doesn't always lead to the anxiety (laughs) and to the depression. It may motivate us to get that done. And a deadline is coming And so we begin to work on things and try to get as many done ahead of time as we possibly can so we don't have so many things um, last minute. Stress can be caused by anything that creates a state of alarm to our system, anything that mobilizes our body defenses against hostile, threatening, or even challenging events in our environment. You know, there are things that annoy us. There are things that threaten you. There are things that prod you, excite you, scares you, worries you, hurries you, angers you, frustrates you, challenges you, criticizes you, or by anything that reduces your self-esteem. It can be caused by almost anything even pleasant or unpleasant in our life. You know, you think about the, the rubber band and how far can we stretch it, you know, you they always talk about some uh, a good uh, defense in, in football. It might be stretched, but it's not going to break, you know. And when you get into that red zone, that defensive team is going to step it up and, and stop uh, that other team from scoring the touchdown. By the way, I think I'm in good territory to say this. Wasn't that exciting yesterday that the Buckeyes? <laughs> I was really worried this year about the Buckeyes and – Um, in Michigan, but no problem. We took care of that. The body's stress uh, response, we're stretched. Was there a Michigan fan here? There might be, uh, you know, sometimes. All right, he's proud enough to raise his hand, yeah. I really thought it was your year this year. In fact, I have a good buddy that's really a diehard Michigan fan, and I had conceded before the game. I said, I think you got us this year. We haven't been playing very good. I didn't call him yesterday at all. I didn't talk to him. I'm going to let him simmer down a little bit before I get a hold of him. Uh, but anyways, there, there's stresses in life uh, and some of the results that come about uh, from that. And again, physical things, uh, we can become sick because of uh, stress. Okay, let's go back to Mary and Martha for a minute. I don't think it was that Mar- or Mary, excuse me, didn't want things to get done. I think she just thought, hey, Jesus is here. I can spend some time with him. I can listen to him. These things that Martha is so worried about, we can take care of those things as well, but let's spend some time with Jesus. So what's the cure? Okay, if we are facing stress in our life right now, and and we are going to be facing even more perhaps as this next couple of three weeks unfold, what's the cure? You know, I I like, uh, again, the fact that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, but Martha being distracted with the seemingly necessary things was missing the point. Peter Drucker in The Effective Executive says, For most of us, the problem is not priorities as much as it is posteriorities. By this he means that we choose what we choose to leave out. Isn't that the real problem? Some of the things that we make priorities 
aren't the most important priorities. And I think that's what is being taught here in this uh, situation with Mary and Martha. Uh, the, the answer is to be like Mary. Look, look what Jesus tells Martha. Only one thing is needed, he said, Luke ten forty two. Mary has chosen what is better. You know, there's good things to do. And there's better things to do. There, there's a lot of good things. You know, if I lived up here, I got here a little bit early today, and I've never driven past uh, the church building here, so I thought, I'm going to drive. I know the Buck Creek's down here, so I went ahead and drove past, and I, I turned left. And I had some folks tell me, I was talking to you before church, they said, you need to go down and turn right, you know, and see some things too. I'll do that some other time, hopefully. But anyway, I turned left and just saw the big uh, reservoir there. And it was huge. And I thought, you know what? And I'm not making the excuses, but it, I'm sure it is good. And it is fun on a sunny day in the spring, summer, and fall up in this area uh, to get out on that reservoir and to fish or do whatever, you know. But there's something better, you know, and a lot of people choose to do that on a Sunday and um, choose to absent themselves from worship. There's so much uh, better things to do, even though those kinds of things are fun to me and I enjoy them. I need to be in a place where it's going to even be better for me. And I, I don't like I missed a few times through the years because I was too sick to make it to worship. But I don't want to miss worship with God's people. And uh, someone said, thanks for coming today and being here with us. And I just kept saying to folks that said that, I'm, I'm thankful you invited me. Because I love coming together with God's people on the Lord's Day and sharing together. It's just, it's great fellowship. It's great uh, opportunity again to grow. Uh, Lucinda Norman wrote an article in Lookout magazine uh, back many years ago, and it was called An Atmosphere of Calm. And she describes her Christmas shopping experience at a busy mall. People have been pushing, elbowing, cutting in front of her all day long, hardly able to take it anymore, she says. During a 10-minute special, 10% off the already 25% discount, a woman grabbed a lace tablecloth from my hands. I looked her straight in the eye and grunted, Mine! And I yanked it back. I won! (laughs) By 4 o'clock in the afternoon, my mood was belligerent. I lost my joy. At a mall restaurant, she met some friends and flanged down a servant and said, I need hot tea now. The lady snapped at her and said, I'm not your server. Wait your turn. She said, lady, I've been waiting my turn all day. Bring me some tea. But the waitress ignored her. A few moments later, a friendly young man came to her table smiling and said, I'm Rob, I'm your waiter. After he took their order, she noticed that Rob stopped to help the rude waitress with her tray. He greeted the other customers and staff. In the midst of dozens of hurried shoppers and restaurant staff, he conducted himself in a polite, unhurried atmosphere of calm. 
And when he refilled her tea, Lucinda noticed a silver ring on his right hand made of connected letters. After he walked away, he said to the other ladies at the table, Did you notice that our server is wearing a ring that spells Jesus? From that moment, her attitude changed. This one young man's example had reminded her of the peace that Christ came to bring. He apparently spent time with the Lord. For the rest of the day, she enjoyed the shopping, opened the door for others, let people in front of her at the checkout line in an atmosphere of calm. Years ago, you know, it's not so much now, again, because we're getting away from the brick and mortar stores, right? But um, on the Black Friday, when I, I lived down by the Eastgate Mall on the east side of Cincinnati. Uh, again, this has probably been 10 years ago or so. Uh, that's back when they were, some were open at 6, some were open at 5, then they even started open at 4 a.m. And <clears throat> I decided I'm going to go. I want to see what it's like out there. So I set my alarm for 3 o'clock, got up, um, went and stood in line at one of the stores, and it was long at that time, and fought my way inside the store, and I was just observing. I actually wasn't there to buy a thing. I just wanted to observe. And I was amazed how they you know, all headed toward a certain thing. They knew where the doorbusters were or whatever, what they had come to get. And uh, there was a lot of, it was so crowded, there was a lot of, you know, shoving and pushing and going on. So I went in the store and just kind of walked around, observed, turned around and came back out. Never bought a thing. Got in my car, got home uh, about uh, quarter to five and went back to bed. I said, that's enough for me. I just wanted to see what it was like. And uh, wow, uh, what a lot of a lot of st- uh, stress. You know, sometimes we're not happy uh, when we want to be. And, and uh, th- <clears throat> this is a tough time of year for families who are either under stress or lost loved ones or people who are alone. It's really hard to be alone. So when you, if you know some, and of course working for the CBA and our homes there at Mount Healthy and, and Mason Christian Village, we see it a lot because there's some who've outlived a lot of their friends, a lot of the other family members, and maybe their children, grandchildren are miles and miles away, can't get there very often. And we want to spend time with people, um, let them know that they're loved and they're cared for and read to them from the scriptures or just share and listen to their stories from times past. Dr. Ken Duckworth, a medical director of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, wrote, I think a lot of people would say that the holidays are the worst time of the year. They're just straight up miserable. It's not only for people with clinical depression. Why is that? Why does the hap-happy, happiest time of the year become the gloomiest time of the year for some? I think one of the reasons is bad memories, overcommitments, another reason, financial pressures, the empty house, the unrealistic expectations of this season. You know, we remember and think about even this past week, maybe our Thanksgiving wasn't totally perfect. Maybe there was a problem that went on. Well, neither was the first one in this country. It definitely wasn't perfect. And the first Christmas when Jesus came and was born at Bethlehem. Not everything in the world was perfect. 
But the one who is perfect wants to be with you and me. He cares for us and he will help us in this time. I'm thankful for this passage in Luke chapter 10 that reminds us it's good to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him. He loves you and me. He died for us at Calvary. And always on a Lord's Day, I believe the the plea should be given and the invitation extended for any who might want to come to Jesus. Find the peace that passeth all understanding. We do that by believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, by repenting of our sins, confessing Him before men. He said He will confess us before His Father. We're buried with Him in the waters of baptism so that we might be raised to walk in newness of life, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit and the remission of our sins. And then we want to be faithful to the Lord all the days of our life until the end. We're going to be uh, singing the invitation now, which is the uh, Savior is waiting. There's some here who would like to come. Now is the time. Will you stand with me?